Good evening, uh, welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host Scott Munro, welcome to episode 113. Uh, tonight we will be talking about the aftermath from the Bologna game on Wednesday evening where Matthias Fanberg's wonderful uh, curling effort won the game for Sinisa Mihailovic's side and then we'll be previewing Roma's game on Saturday against uh, third placed Inter and an Olympico reunion from Edin Dzeko and their coach, Simone Inzaghi, who was five years as coach as Lazio manager. I will say Lazio's coach. Um, with me tonight, I've got Imran. How are we? Not too bad. Okay, thank you. Food coma after your Turkish food this afternoon slash this evening? Oh, yeah. It was... <laughs> I was invited, background story, I was invited to a Turkish friend then here in Stockholm and I'm feeling the afterflow, basically. <laughs> hello, hello, acid reflux in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, glad you had a nice time, Turkish food. I've never had, uh, I've only, uh, this, it's going to sound stereotypical, but chicken kebabs oh. from a Turkish, uh, I, I want to say a place in Swindon, not so, probably a few years ago. It's always very, very nice. Um, shawarma. Is shawarma Turkish? We're going, we're going on a sidetrack. Everyone's claiming it, so yeah. I think they got the local variants of uh, yeah the shawarma. But uh, Sh- don't shwa- worry, once I will take you to a good Turkish restaurant. I look forward to it when all of this <laughs> chaos is over and the world is a better place. Hopefully, not too soon, not too far away. But yeah. Um, We'll talk about food another day. Um, me and Sam talk about food quite a lot, so yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's a good side distraction from Roma's performance yesterday in Bologna. So Bologna won, Roma nil. Matthias Fanberg's brilliant goal just past the half hour was the only goal of the game. Roma were very disappointed in a, in a lacklustre performance against Sinisa Mihajevic's side, who have really impressed this season. They now go to 24 points, just one point behind uh, Roma and this standings in the league and uh, it had some controversy with some poor refereeing decisions one booking in question and some not very pleasant tackles from Nicholas Dominguez on Nicolo Zaniolo but it's it's here and then um, Mr. Pareto not another another poor performance as a referee in area under the spotlight uh, Imran it's two steps forward, five steps back again, isn't it? It was quite a poor performance. It was very hit and miss. Um, I, I, I have some questions about the second half performance, but overall it wasn't really good, was it? Uh, offensively, it wasn't good. Mm. But uh, defensively, I think that uh, it was an okay performance yeah. uh, defensively. Uh especially considering how we played lately I think it wasn't too different from that we didn't concede three goals we didn't completely lose balance despite changing formation could be down to the fact that uh, Bologna lost their attacker in form of Arnautovic early in the game so 
they weren't too keen on attacking and yeah. But uh, I would say defensively it wasn't too bad. I mean we um, still kept it tight behind there. We did well. It was just a it was it was a shame and um, also a bit unfortunate that we considered a goal like that. It was a very well taken shot. Uh, it was a very well taken shot, but I would have liked to see some more pressure being applied on Matthias Weinberg. Uh, so yeah, and it's the same same problem as always. Uh, I would say we we we're still struggling to get the attack going. Uh, we created chances to score. Yes, we did. We had some chances, but uh, it's not enough. Uh, I don't see the intensity that I think that this team should be playing in, especially in attack. And um, Mickey Talon had three good games, and today he, I mean, yesterday he was, um, he, he, well, I would say he, uh, he wasn't too bad, but it was again um, easy to neutralize him, and then once again we struggled, you know, a lot in attack, and that's that, that's for me at least that's a that's a worrying sign. Yeah, Bologna's back three of is it Sumararo, um, French uh, defender who they've got from Lille. Who, who was at Genoa, I want to say, the season before COVID happened. Um, Gary Medal, who's now transformed himself into a centre-back from his defensive midfield, and the young Belgian defender, T.A. Um, I hope I pronounced that right, T-H-E-A Ali. Um, he had a, a very interesting game. He could have been at fault for an own goal right near the end, and then... He was uh, got caught out a couple of times, but he looks very promising. Um, I think Roma just stagnated in the, in the final third. Everything was trying to go through the middle, where it was calling out to be played out wide. Um, and Zan- for me, Nicolo Zaniolo was trying too hard. Um, he did get, I want to say, some rough treatment from Nicolas Dominguez, but yeah, it it didn't have his best games. And for me, I thought Jose would have t- taken him off. Um, I think Jose's substitutions were a bit wrong. I don't know if you would agree with this, because um, at halftime he brought off Diawara and put Carlos Perez on, and then after Stefan Alcherari got injured, that's another another big blow for Roma uh, going into the weekend. He brought on Aldo Schmarado off, which I would have thought he could have brought on Matthias Vigna. Cristante for Veritude, I would, I would understand. Veritude didn't have his best game, and Cristante's just coming back from COVID, so he gave him half an hour. And then he tried to balance it out at the end with Vigna coming on for Mancini. Um, what were your thoughts on Jose's subs? They seemed a bit stranger. He tried to go a bit attacking. That didn't work. Then he fell back to going, okay, I need to balance this out a bit more. Yeah, it felt like um, there were just players thrown in without really thinking about too it. much of a system. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry? Uh, think he wasn't really thinking about it. He was yeah, trying to yeah, just yeah. go attacking and see if we can create something. And he didn't have anything to fall back on if it didn't work. 
Yeah, because uh, he must have given them instructions, but obviously it didn't work because we didn't, despite uh, all the changes, we didn't see to, uh, to I mean, the effect on the performance or the amount of cre- chances created didn't change that much. Uh, we had uh, a lot of position. We tried to create chances, but um, we were never really able to apply you know the real pressure which which you should do when you are chasing a goal so i struggle to see that and i struggle to see it in uh, most games uh, where we have struggled uh, and lost so i think unfortunately there's a pattern there i was i was thinking that we somehow had we were you know beginning to turn it around uh, with the good defensive performances, uh, which then would yeah lead to goals in attack, but uh, there needs to be a better system in attack. There needs to be better, uh, you know, the attack needs to be better functioning with uh, uh, yeah easily put the attacking pace of the game, the movements. Uh, the way to attack, which players to include, uh, how to build up an attack, how to build pressure. You want to do it from the side, you the wingers, uh, or in any way, you have to create situations where uh, where you can do- dominate and you know outpower them, uh, your opponents. It's a bit difficult when they lie as deep as they did, and there were more reasons for them to do that, especially considering they scored a goal in the 35th minute hmm. so they had they had 65 minutes to soak to, out the pressure exactly I mean they they were in no hurry in, they were in no rush or hurry to score so but uh, um, yeah what do you do when you face teams like that you uh, I would highlight the coach that I believe managed to create a lot of chances against these types of signings. That's Paletti. He did it with Roma, he did it with Inter, Napoli. Uh, it's uh, his style of play. I'm not saying that um, it will always work. There are some coaches that are really good in attack, in the attacking phase of the game, not as good defensively. Napoli considered two goals uh, yesterday. Not yeah. two points, I would yeah, say. It's 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 yeah. so, so they have other struggles, but right now, right now, I would say that uh, defensively we are looking better. We're still mm. not quite there, but we're looking much better. But there needs to happen something in a time because this is not good enough. And if you look back now, Zoria game, uh, we said it before the quality. I mean, we got a proof yesterday with yesterday's performance that. Uh, the four nil victory against uh, Zoria. He faced a really poor opponent, but the Torino and Genoa games uh, were games where we. Well, I would say that the the first goal against Genoa was a very good counter attack where we got space because uh, we counter attacked them. But it was it was the match situation which allowed that because they. But trying to go a bit more up, and 
Torino, they had a lot of possession. We got the goal in the first half. So, uh, but I will still say that the intensity hasn't quite been there. Um, and that has been a bit, uh, I would say it's been a disappointment because I would have expected us to play with a bit more intensity than we have. And, uh, I I really don't know where we go from here, to be honest with you. I really don't know. I think we will get... I think the three and defense is the way to go because mm. it gives us better stability in defense. But I, I, I don't see... I mean, the reason why I don't want to go back to the 4-2-3-1 is because we... You the 4-2-3-1, you have more uh, options um, attacking-wise. Uh, but... Especially from wide, because you can double up with the left back and the left winger. But I, I didn't see it create any threat to the opponent, so I don't see any reason to continue with that. I mean, we did create a lot of chances, yes, that's true, uh, true, because we missed a lot of chances. Um, we didn't convert. Uh, the, I mean, the ratio of uh, chances created and conversion is very low. Uh, but still, I, I, for now, I would continue with this. Formation, but I I still don't know where we go from here. Uh, I still don't know because it's too much back and forth. Uh, yes, performance-wise as well, but uh, more importantly, results swing too much. And uh, you you know when the results are swinging like the way they are, you have six defeats in Serie A. And you haven't reached January, then I think it's very difficult to finish top form. Very difficult. It's a bit worrying, isn't it? Especially when Atalanta are going, doing Atalanta things. I remember Atalanta start Serie A really slowly, and then they come into into play about now, and it's it's going to get tougher for Roma going into the Christmas winter break as well. Um, I wanted to ask you. I've got a couple of points. Do you think that injury suspensions and the COVID mini outbreak at the club, where now th- three players have tested positive in the last 10, 12 days, one's recovering and we're just waiting on the other two, do you think that's hampered Jose and his preparations in the last few weeks? Mm-hmm. For the few, few weeks, I would say no. Uh, I don't think those three players... Um, I mean, I don't think the, uh, having Crescent out and the uh, affected our performances slightly too much. But mm. now uh, the players we have out, and especially the suspension, they will the hamper us on which, Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> on Saturday's game definitely. Yeah, uh, because first of all, it's a big game, and you you have lost players in vulnerable positions, uh, especially the right back. You we won't have Castor. Uh, and um, Abraham, yes. Uh, I mean, I know he hasn't uh, he hasn't scored that many goals as we would have wanted, but uh, I'm curious to see how we will uh, line up. I, I wouldn't have been too worried if it was only Abraham. I'm now more worried because uh, on the left back we still have option. We can play Vinia. He's not that bad on the right back position. Uh, yeah, he just have to come up with something clever. 
I think he, he will. Improvise. Yeah, I think he's going to improvise, and I will come across that in a second. Uh, my second point: uh, the officiating yesterday wasn't the greatest. Uh, that yellow card for Tammy Abraham was very laughable, wasn't it? And his reaction was was priceless, and it was something that could have been avoidable. Um, Pareto has had a couple of bad games in Serie, A, and I've seen that he's been called out today for his unprofessionalism and the way he, he refereed yesterday's game it was quite bad um zaniolo was targeted by a couple of bologna players i know and there was some, a bit of rough treatment but he was just letting fouls left right and center go which you would see go in roma's favor and that abraham yellow card was very laughable he just ran into svanberg and that is gonna cost roma again the same thing happened in the roma udinese game in mid to late september when lorenzo pellegrini got sent off and picked up two yellow cards michael fabry i think was the referee that day and he sent him off and pellegrini missed the lazio game and lazio he was pivotal to that to that Roma start to the season and he was sorely missed in that game and Abraham another stupid refereeing incident um is going to miss Saturday's game yeah the refereeing wasn't up to standards of what we should expect I agree with that but at the same time I I don't think he had a very poor I don't think it was a massive match you know, decisive bad performance. It was just that, uh, uh, like you said, the unprofessionalism mm. because he took um, some of the situation. He felt like he took it very personally and he wanted to dish out yellow cards just for the sake of it, just to prove a point. And uh, some of the fouls on Zaniolo. It, it could also be because early in the game, in some of the challenges, uh, Zaniolo was probably too eager? easily or too actively, yeah, too eager yeah. to get free kick or foul in dangerous positions. And then, yeah, eventually he just, uh, it felt like he just got fed up and, um, yeah, um, refereed ag- basically against Zaniolo in the situations where he should have been more fair. So he, he had a poor performance, but... I don't think it uh, it uh, takes away anything from the poor performance in attack, especially that we had, and we need to work on that because if we keep if we look for excuses all the time, we will never improve. We have to address the mm. real issue, and the real issue is that we are unable to um, to make our attack um, function. It's, right now, it's malfunctioning, and that's something that needs to be addressed. Otherwise. We'll keep looking for excuses elsewhere uh, where where they don't lie or something we cannot influence. And if we do, if we keep doing that, we will ignore the real issue, the real problem, and thus we will never be able to correct that. Completely agree. I'm just going to make this final point, and then we'll move on to previewing Saturday's game. This is a gentle reminder that under Paolo Fonseca, Roma went to Bologna on December 13th, 2020, and won 5-1. And they were 5-1 up at half-time. And uh, this is with a so-called weaker squad and a so-called weaker manager. And if you just fast-forward 11 and a bit months later, Roma with a, maybe a bit of a stronger squad and a, a so-called... I'm not going to say so-called because that would be 
called out. Um, a stronger manager who's won a lot of trophies and lost one nil. I'm just putting uh, that out, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's you can put it there, but I, I really don't believe it says too much. I know. Uh, I'm, because I'm, I'm looking for fishing. I'm fishing for uh, for bait. The fishing in dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> dangerous. I know. For something very dangerous, they will bite you. <laughs> I've already had it today. I've already had it today, and it's just—I'm speaking the truth. I'm speaking the truth. Remember, Roma were. Well, well you have a point uh, that uh, I mean, yes, yeah, supposedly weaker coach, blah blah blah. But we have to remember there were game, for most part of the season, the attack under Paulo Fonseca was. Uh, malfunctioning as well. I was. Mm. I mean, there were some really, really dreadful performances, and I see similarities in a lot of performances under Paulo Fonseca, and I can relate to them under Mourinho as well. So I don't think there's been. Uh, I, I I don't see the necessity uh, to come, you know, or continuous need to compare them because they are two different coaches with two different philosophies, but. Uh, Right now we have Mourinho, and there were games last season that, uh, yeah, that Fonseca lost and that Mourinho won't lose or didn't lose. So it's unfair to make that comparison. And that five nil up to Bologna at halftime, that was uh, a one-off where Bologna had a really poor game uh, or really poor first half. Uh, anyway, and. Um, so it's a bit unfair to draw that uh, parallel because it's very unfair on Mourinho, I would say. Boo, you always were in the fun. <laughs> I'm only joking. I, just, I, <laughs> I, I get your point, but I'm just, no, trying to be, I'm just trying to be objective. And listen, there are many other uh, areas where I think we can focus on, especially if we want to get down to the core of the problem. And yeah. Yeah, the football we play and where the areas we need to improve. I think that's the greatest, you know. No, sign I. Of worry. I only pointed that out on social media this morning and then got some bites, and I got some Roman fans agreeing with me where s- some people don't understand that under Fonseca we were beating teams like this, and now under Mourinho we're struggling to beat teams who who, who we are supposed to beat. But no, that's for another day. Uh, that's another, yeah. Yeah. So, the game on Saturday, uh, we're both, I'm missing it, and I'm going to, I think I said it pre- on previous pods, so I be, won't be watching the massacre live. Uh, you're working, so you're missing the second half, aren't you? Um, it's a big game, and I think I've read reports today, it's a sellout, I think, at the Olympico, um, due to COVID restrictions. Is it still 75%? Uh, in attendance, I think at the moment in Italy, I know over here it's full crowd and full chaos, but I think it's reported to be close to 50,000 at the Olympico on Saturday evening, which is brilliant. Again, uh, Roma have done really well with the crowds this season uh, with Serie A games with COVID restrictions. Um, for me, I'm not looking forward to it. It's It could go either way. Roma could sneak a 1-0 win and we could all be rosy again or we could get absolutely massacred against the interside who've won five out of the last six games in Serie A and got through to the last stages in the Champions League yeah I usually uh, early in the season when we were playing Milan and Napoli I was more I won't say optimistic because I wasn't too optimistic 
uh, optimistic. I was more curious to how they will, will react. But now I think with the absence of Karlsdorp, uh, we lose a uh, player with, you know, <laughs> huge qualities, which I don't think can be replaced by any other player. Uh, with similar characteristics or stability. So I think he will be a huge loss. Uh, I mean, the preparation into this game has not been ideal. Mm. So I think for the first time this season, I would uh, openly say that uh, no, I'm not optimistic. I don't think it will go well. And we are six points behind Atalanta. Uh, so things are looking, you know, things are looking grey already. I'm not too optimistic for the remainder of the season we need to we need to we need to come out in a different way we need to uh, perform in a different way for us to start thinking that this will lead to something at the end of the season because right now uh, we have one part of uh, the uh, of our play which is some What's working, the defensive uh, part, but offensively, I I don't understand, or I'm struggling to see how we will how we will manage to fix that. Because first we said that yeah we were struggling with the midfield, and because we lose the midfield battle, we concede a lot of goals. But now with the three-man defense, we have better defensive stability. But we are struggling in attack. I don't see how a cleaner or strong defensive midfielder is going to sort out that problem. We'll probably get more presence in midfield. We will probably control the midfield more, which can, of course, help you a lot in the offensive phase of the game. But how that will materialize into more chances created uh, or uh, more goals. Yeah, I'm struggling to see that. I think we need to... Uh, I think this is something that needs to be addressed in the training sessions. We need to come out with a different philosophy, different style of play. We need to come, we need to come up with something. Yeah, he needs to, he needs to invent something new or think out something new, uh, uh, a new system in attack because, uh, I don't understand how, uh, it will just start working by itself with time because these players have had time for a long time. They've been playing together for a long time. And um, for that to just, yeah, unleash itself automatically, I don't see the evidence for that. I think whatever we need to, I mean, whatever we talk about, we need to see some sort of evidence that things will change, that things will be different. Uh, One of the things that, made us believe and we saw a difference in it was the change of formation uh, into a three-man defense uh, which gave us better defensive stability but how we will do it in attack I don't know I hope that there will be some sort of change uh, which will which will lead to that but currently I'm struggling to see one I might be wrong I hope I'm wrong but uh, I'm hope you're wrong yeah. as well so <laughs> It he says tongue in cheek. Um, I did. Oh no no no, that's fine that's fine. Um, it's I've seen two reports. Oh sorry, I just saw a fan prediction and a report of what Roma could do on Saturday with the lineup. Oh my God, I've just seen the Lazio Danese score. Um, and um, it's either a back three with 
Ibanez, Mancini, and Small, and but Veritud as a right wing back, which Paolo Fonseca just did last season in the Europa League, and he did it, I think, for the two games against Braga, where Roma had, I think they had a back three of Karsdorp, Spinazzola, and I want to say he was either Mancini or Ibanez, and then Veritud as a right wing back, or the the other viable option, which I read today, was a back four with Roger Ibanez at right back, a left back of Vigna, and Mancini, and Smallin in central defence, and it could be like a 4-3-1-2 with Veritu, um Cristante, Carlos Perez, slash Mkhitaryan, and then... Sorry, uh, Mkhitaryan is the number 10 with Zaniola and Shmordorov up front. Um, I'm inclined to go with maybe that because that could be a bit more solid. So it could be like a diamond formation. But I wouldn't mind a back three with the solidity. And then I've seen Vera 2 play as a right-sided wing back before. And he actually did a quite a good job against Braga last season. So it, it could be like that. Um it's going to be tough, um, no doubt about it, because Karsdorp has been ever-present this season, but his discipline has been his weakest point this season under Mourinho. He seems to get booked for dissent, and that's caught up with him. And then Tammy Abraham's nonsensical yellow card at the weekend also. But and what were your thoughts on the setup? Would you go with the back four? Would you go with a three and then put someone out wide who could do a running job, run up and down? Bye. Back three for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have any option. I think uh, a back four would be a suicide mission against Inter. I remember Simone Zaghi has really got lots. Uh, mm. Sorry, I was going to say lots again. Force, really force of habit. Yeah. <laughs> he has really got into going, and I mean, full credit to him. He's a very good coach, and he's proving that uh, at the team. Uh, uh, I mean, one of the, he came in a difficult position right after they won the Scudetto and sold two of their, you know, most valuable assets. Yeah. And people were thinking that it was it was going to be a you know, transition season, or whatever. But uh, he has uh, he's up there. And he's going to fight for the Scudetto. Uh, I think he deserves huge credit for that. For the job he has done, so it, it will it will be a very difficult it will be a very difficult match, and uh, and uh, I'm I'm not so hopeful I'm not so optimistic, but I think a back three would give us better chances. Yeah, because we need to keep it tight behind there. We need to we need to close down the space and allow them as little as possible. But I think once again this will be a game where we'll where our opponents will uh, have a lot of possession and we will be running in between uh, and um, hope that we will get and uh, we will punish them on counterattacks and uh, I think that's our really our only chance to score because we haven't really we haven't really established a style of playing attack uh and that also leads to the absence of, you know, continuous pressure, which you can apply to the patient. So uh, uh, your opponent, sorry, I'm talking about patients. So it's too much, <laughs> uh, <laughs> too much of this course. But yeah, 
So, so I, I, I don't think there's anything, I don't think that anything uh, that suggests that Roma could potentially, realistically at least, get a result of Saturday's game. I'm struggling to see that. Yeah, I think if if we win, if we get a result, um, yeah, it could be a fluke. I, I might sound very harsh now, but uh, but yeah, I think I think that for us to for there to be signs of improvement, there must be a quality performance. Mm. There must be a quality performance um, in defense, but. Above all, I think in attack, we need to see something happening there. We need to see, uh, we need to see some quality in our movements, in our ability to create chances, in our ability to score goals from position. I mean, we need to, I think these are vital, uh, points and parts of the game where we have to show something soon because we haven't really done it. Let's hope Saturday is the day of the reckoning and we can get that positive result going into the Christmas winter break and, sorry, the games beforehand. Um, I did say, um, I've just seen the Lazio Udinese score. Um, it finished 4 all when Udinese scored an, uh, a 100th minute equaliser. Um, so that's the end of this midweek round of action. Um, so, um, you're not as confident as other people would probably say and I'm with you. Um, but I've seen Roma put in a start a performance where their back's against the wall and they've got a result. They did it against Napoli earlier in the season after the event was it after the Juventus game? After uh, the Bodo Glimp game. After the Bodo Glimp game, yes. Um, after the, the Juventus game in Serie A and after the Bodo Glimp game. Um, we've seen Roman do it before. Um, I would imagine Jose's got his way he wants to set up. And I imagine it'd be probably a similar way he set up against Torino. Because Inter like to play with a back three. They like to play in the thirds, as you've already pointed out. And they like to play vertically and get the ball forward and use the wing backs. And the creativity in the midfield, especially from Barella, if he's fit to play. And they've got the Turkish playmaker, Hakan Canaloglu, who crossed the divide in Milan is now playing for the blue and black and has had a really good impact in the last couple of weeks and looks a really good f- player in the midfield and also you got the return of a Bosnian striker who had six years in Rome and has fired into into the Champions League latter, latter stages in Ed and Dzeko so uh, I imagine Chris Morning and probably Mancini will be doing a job on him and Banyas versus Martinez slash Correa could be quite an interesting battle. Um, it's going to be intriguing. It's going to be nervous. It's going to be tight. Uh, Inter Milan are going to have a lot of the ball, and Roma will do a lot of defending without the ball. Then you've got us, who could be quite pessimistic in me and Imran, where we've seen it all before. <laughs> and you've probably got the optimistic fans who are thinking, yeah, we can do this, but it should be quite compelling to watch on Saturday. Um I admire them if they feel that the no. result. No. Uh, you have to be positive somewhere. It's it's being a football fan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, full respect to those who are able to keep a positive attitude <laughs> ahead of Saturday's game. I admire that. Uh, 
I think we should wrap this up. We've, uh, I think we've gone just about just over 35 and a bit minutes. Um, it's been a crazy midweek round of Serie A action. It's going to continue again. There's some very good games. Uh, we were talking about as well Atalanta Lazio after the Roma Inter game has consequences for 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 Roma. Also, if Roma can manage to get a result against Inter, um, they're hoping their city rivals Lazio could do a, a job in Bergamo, which they have done before. They won in Bergamo last season in Serie A and did a really good job. Um, it's going to be compelling. Um, Imran, thanks again for joining me on this uh, this Thursday evening. I hope the Turkish food is now properly digestive and you, you're feeling a, little, a bit more active. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I'm getting there. <laughs> Thank you for having me. No, no worries. Uh, guys, you can follow us at lemagicast.com. Uh, you can find us all previous episodes on that platform, on the website, um, all in the archive. Uh, you can follow us on all podcast platforms i always botch this and i really do apologize and you can find us on apple soundcloud spotify and if you find us on spotified rap as the spotified rap come out yesterday if any of you guys did listen to the magicast and did bulk listen let us know it'd be quite interesting to see how many of you did um Imran, cheers once again. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. We've we've done quite a lot of podcasts recently, just talking about the games, and it's been really fun. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who's been listening, commenting, and giving feedback. Mm. It means a lot. It does. Keep doing it. If there's anything we can improve, let us know. If there's anything you want us to discuss, let us know. And, uh, yeah, thank you. And as Christmas is coming, and as, as it was women, uh, the Serie A did something last week with uh, domestic violence for women. We were talking off pods. It was last weekend, or was it the weekend before that we wanted to talk about it as our outro? Um, so I've suffered with mental health um, the last couple of years, and it's really hit me hard. And we're coming up into Christmas. And Christmas is probably the one of the hardest parts of the year where loneliness is 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 quite hard. Where you you have this feeling where you you're, you're all alone and you don't really want to talk to anyone. Um, there is people out there you want to talk to. Um, mine are very good. They helped me. Uh, there's always the Samaritans are really really good to help out. Um, friends are always there to help if you want to reach out and speak to friends and if you've got friends who are suffering with mental health and suffering with problems please do reach out it will make their day and it will help them so so much just just if you see someone struggling in your in your friendship just just reach out it'd be a wonderful gesture to to help your friends it goes a lot further in your friendship and it means so much and it could um, help with the core friendship between you guys. I hope that yeah. I hope that I, helped. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, echo everything you said. Uh, there is always help to get, and that help actually helps, and um, it uh, makes you feel better. And if you're struggling, hearts goes out to you, and. Which, yeah, wherever you are, if you feel better and there's always help, it will get better. 
Yeah, our thoughts with you guys who are struggling out there. There, it will do get better. It does take time. Um, there is always people out to help there, um, and they are very helpful. Um, I did it a couple of times with Mind last year when I was going through the pandemic. Um, I was gonna. It, it's quite hard to talk about mental health when you struggle with it, but it's um, it's an interesting topic that I want to talk about and. There is people out there to help, and just it's a repetitive message. If you are struggling, just just pick up the phone and either speak to Samaritans or Mind. They are two very good um, companies, or I want to say platforms to uh, to speak to people. Um, sorry to end this on a, a bit of a on a lower tone, but it, it's it's a topic that I like to talk about. Me and Imran talked about it off pod. A couple of weeks ago actually not a couple of weeks a couple of episodes ago that we wanted to um talk about it there's also the the campaign that area i did last weekend about domestic women's violence if you're struggling with that there is always people to talk to and there's phone numbers to call i know this area i've done a very good campaign in the last couple of years with the, the paint on the face and it's it's good to see that we're doing again for going forward um imran thank you again um guys have a lovely weekend hopefully it's a positive result for the weekend hope you have if you support any other football teams they do well at the weekend and if you're traveling in the uk like me to a game uh be careful because the weather is not supposed to be good that bad sorry that good over the weekend supposed to be very cold and i think we're supposed to get some snow again um ciao ciao